0: housekeeping here we go
1: (laughs) is is the accent racist i feel like it's a little racist which one my housekeeping accent a little racist (laughs) because what's what's weird is like places in the northwest i used to stay in this hotel in portland all the time and all of the all of the housekeeping people were um lithuanian Mm -hmm. you know and and uh I don't I just can't do a Lithuanian accent so I'm limited to my racist housekeeping accent.
2: Hello. Christy, do you have a ghost over there? <laughs> Hi.
1: Hi, Elliot. Hi. It's Mike. I wish I could see you.
3: Wish I could see you.
1: Yeah, I'm going to get up there soon. I promise.
3: Okay. I dyed my hair again. What color? Teal.
1: Teal, me too. Same <laughs> Just kidding, I don't have any hair. <laughs> I could dye my scalp. You could. Wouldn't last very long though. Last longer with your hair. Who's hosting Hello. this business?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Ellie, apparently, is hosting.
1: Ellie you gonna do the intro? Huh? Are you gonna do the introduction for us?
2: No. No no no.
1: You can't even give us a welcome to Little Red bandwagon and then have Christy take it from there.
3: Welcome to Little Red bandwagon
1: It's not bad. <laughs>
0: Hello friends, welcome to a Monday edition of Little Red Bandwagon, the podcast about the podcast Too Beautiful to Live. On Fridays, we have shows about TBTL history, but on Mondays, we review the previous week of TBTL shows. I'm your host, Christy, the nice lady in Linwood, Washington, and joining me today in the Stick of Butter Studios is everyone's favorite, my road dog, Anne, the icing lady in New Brighton, Minnesota. Hello, Anne. Hi, Christy. Hi. And also joining us today down some stretch of road that no one actually remembers in Manchego, (laughs) Texas, is is the bro host, Mike Frizzell. Hello, Mike.
1: If if only I lived in a town named after cheese.
0: Yeah, how do you say it? Manchac. Manchac. I always say Manchego because that cheese is good.
1: Well, it also looks like Manchaca.
0: (laughs) So you live in Manchego, so... considering to me uh, hopefully your mail gets to you
1: <laughs> sometimes
0: if I if I address it to that um, all right so we're gonna do some business we're gonna do some reviewing and then we're gonna clean some house so Anne, did you want to start with some business yeah let's talk about the Friday show okay.
2: although yes
0: it was so fun I don't
2: know if you and I should talk about it because we can't possibly be <laughs> objective about how much fun we had <laughs> recording that tbtl Christmas clip show
1: it was the best clip show we've ever done. Oh and Lily, by we made... I mean I mean you guys because I I've seemingly <laughs> never involved in the clip shows.
2: Um I think we mostly stayed on track. I mean mm-hmm. yes. We we spent a lot of time talking about our own issues, but they were all Christmas related. <laughs>
0: There's a lot of issues around Christmas. Yep,
2: for sure. Yep. And we had some really good Clips, including one of Jen, that's one of my favorites, where she talks about some things that are bothering her for Christmas. And we also put in a huge bonus clip at the end of part of one of the um, TBTL holiday parties uh, with a whole bunch of in studio guests that was so much fun. Uh, I just wanted to let people know there was a reference, a question on Jen's Christmas quiz in that segment about uh, Luke's official. A holiday Christmas sweater and where he bought it. And I just happened to remember that they actually filmed when they went to Goodwill and he bought that sweater. So I put that in as a comment on the show post on our Facebook page. Um, so people can go back and see a very, very, very baby faced Luke <laughs> with very dark hair and more of it than he has now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a it's yes, a great that- clip for both Jen and Luke, that video. So check that out if you haven't seen it. But uh, it was a long clip show, but a really fun clip show. And I hope everybody enjoys it. Uh, In the next piece of business, we have a jam tracker update. We had two donations this week. Uh, One from Shannon Fitz in Boone, North Carolina, and one from Treasure Samuel in Bellingham, the Bay City, or so I understand. Uh, (laughs) yeah i don't know what made them think of us but that is absolutely delightful wonderful and is very helpful with all our hosting costs and things so thanks very much guys thanks for being our um santas for this year i love that uh and speaking of santa coming uh We're having some schedule changes for a couple of upcoming LRB shows, mostly because Christy and I uh, are going to be in touch with NORAD constantly to watch for (laughs) Santa. We're very busy. Yeah, so we can't record. (laughs) But... um, So the next recap after this would come out on Christmas Day, and we found that scheduling to be a little bit problematic because we'd have to wait until TBTL came out on Friday and we could listen to it, and then we'd have to record on the 23rd or 24th and get the show together and release it, and that just seemed like it was not really doable, what with the rest of us attempting to have lives. So we came up with a little bit of an alternate schedule, this Friday, we're going to release our uh, LRB Secret Santa episode, which was really fun last year, and I hope it's going to be fun again this year. And then on Monday, instead of a recap, we're going to release our second Pod uh, Podvember 2 Remember Best of LRB episode. So no recap that week, I'm a little sad because I'm a completist, and so I'm sort of, Uh, Freaked out by missing a whole week of TBTL shows. We haven't discussed if we'll try to do like a lightning recap or something after that. But anyway, I didn't want people to um, be thinking that they were tuning in for the recap and then being like, "What is this?" So just a little (laughs) heads up for everybody that that's the way it's going to work for the next. It's going to be a
1: very fun show that we'll post, and it'll be new content. So just because it's not a recap doesn't mean it's not going to be absolutely delightful.
0: I I have a question. Do you think people actually like to listen to our Secret Santa episode? I mean, I like making it. I hope so. You know so. what?
1: I, okay. I think they're, as witnessed by the YouTube sensation of unboxing videos, <laughs> <laughs> I think people might like to actually listen to people open presents as well.
0: Should we make YouTube videos of us uh, oh, unwrapping it?
1: Oh, God. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let Abby at it. <laughs>
2: I vote no on the YouTube videos because I'm going to be in my pajamas, and that means no bra, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to be on video. <laughs> Sans undergarments. Once right? once you're inside same. your
1: four walls, it's a no bra yeah. policy. <laughs> Emily pretty much practices the same thing.
2: I mean, we'll give it 30 seconds, and that sucker's got to be off. Right? <laughs> right. right. I hope people will like that. I hope people... Uh, like the idea of listening to a bunch of friends getting together and hanging out because on some level that's what all of this is, right? Mm -hmm. We're all friends Mm -hmm. and everybody listening is our friend too and we wish that everybody could be there with us.
1: Could send us presents? Yeah. Maybe maybe next year we could do something (laughs) like um, the TBTL Card Exchange but it is like uh, LRB Secret Santa where people can draw a name of of another listener and send each other uh,
0: yeah, we can definitely tokens. do that with the website that we used for our own. Mm-hmm.
2: I would love that. If
0: you want to do that, let us know. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. So I think that's mostly business. I have one throw your phone moment that I wanted to hit at the top of the show. And this is because I had been thinking it myself and mm-hmm. it makes so much sense. It did finally get mentioned sort of passingly on Friday, but I want to talk about it now from Anne. She says, and this is in all caps, David from the basement would be DFTB, not DTFB. I cannot take this any longer. Yes.
0: <laughs> but DTFB does roll off the tongue better.
1: It does. That's why he said it that way. And I know Bobby right. likes it.
0: <laughs> is it because we're used to DTF? I think yeah. so. is that why? Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah, every time you guys talk about Dintao Fung, I'm like, wow. <laughs> you know, we went to DTF and I'm like, that's a place now? Is you just go there and you just start fucking? <laughs> Sorry, Aiden.
0: <laughs> Mike. Why isn't there a dating app called DTF?
1: I know. Seems seems like a very shark tanky idea. I'm I'm down for that.
0: Yeah. You and Jeremy said Shark Tank at the same time. <laughs> 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 he whispered it, Shark Tank it. <laughs>
2: But don't they say that dating sites are usually um, more heavily weighted for men anyway? And it seems like if you had a dating site called DTF, that would be even more heavily weighted to men. It's
1: it's redundant. If you call a guy DTF, it's, you know, you're not narrowing the field (laughs) at all.
2: All right. So let's just keep that in mind that every time Luke says DTFB, he's doing it wrong.
1: Am I right? Uh, all of the politicians and entertainers and and uh, radio hosts out there. Am I right? Mm-hmm. We're all we're all DTF
2: journalists
1: to an to an well, inappropriate degree. Maybe there degree.
2: should maybe there
0: should be one called like LT, low T. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Low testosterone. Andrew but, can go know, on there that... if he ever stops
1: dating Genevieve. <laughs>
2: All right, are we ready to get into the week in review?
1: <laughs> Sorry. I keep Yes.
2: <laughs> Before Mike takes this completely off the rails.
1: Right. Just happy to be speaking to people. Jeez, <laughs> oh,
2: Mike. Let's start with Monday, number 2530, the Stanford Browns Experiment. Uh Luke starts the show telling us about this birthday trip that he and Carrie went on uh, to the Willows End at Lummy Island. And the highlight was a 19-course birthday feast um, full, made of all kinds of fresh and locally sourced ingredients and things that they don't eat in their normal life. It's very fancy. It sounded like weirdly social, where he's talking about how they had to like go into the drawing room and sit with all the other people and then get served their starters there and then migrate to the... The, uh, dining room i'm with andrew that sounds like torture to me to be forced to sit around with a bunch of strangers and make small talk could not do it
1: well i kind of feel the same way and but there was a restaurant um i you know i grew up spending a lot of time on lopez island and there was a restaurant like that there where it was just a big dining room and the food that night was whatever the food that night was and i You know, I had some social phobia too and I was scared of adults or whatever, but the food is an icebreaker. Because you can talk about the food and then that leads to other things and hopefully you don't talk about politics or whatever. I always ended up having a better time than I thought I was going to.
2: Yeah, usually. Yeah.
0: But you like to be around people. Mm.
1: I I do now, but I I was Mm -hmm. more socially phobic when I was a younger man.
2: Well, so would you have a lovely a conversation about the sea urchin in this really mushroomy sauce.
1: <laughs> I would at least try it.
2: Yeah, I would too. And that was the one thing that Luke said Carrie just was like,
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm good. I understand. Good. I understand. I get it. I I would try it because it sounds so terrible. It's probably delicious, as as I've posited before.
2: You know, that's the problem though with the uh locavore super hipster experimental fine dining stuff. Some of the stuff that sounds really gross is really gross.
1: It actually is gross. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. (laughs) Good point.
2: (laughs) You never know. If, if
0: it was delicious, it would be on every
2: menu.
1: Right. They're just eating it because they could walk down to the beach and grab some (laughs) sea urchins. I mean,
3: there's tons of sea urchin.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. (laughs) Um, I did stop off at their website to look at it. And that tasting menu is $195 per person so oh, and i and that seems to be just the meal right he said that you really had to yeah, make a geez. reservation to stay overnight in order to get the right. reservation mm-hmm. for the meal itself so 400 bucks for the Good meal for carry. plus yeah lucky girl yeah.
0: <laughs> well this is a this is one of those places that it it's relatively new and it's always voted like it gets michelin stars and um james beard awards and stuff like that so that's like the new in place, mm-hmm. if you want to mm-hmm. try fancy, adventurous food, to go to
1: what what fancy reviewer is going to go there and go, like,
0: meh.
3: <laughs> no, and, and better, then if you spend like a
1: thousand dollars just to be there for one night, you're going to probably try to be to, to be as positive as possible <laughs> about
2: it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, what really was amusing me during this conversation was that. As Luke was describing all of this, the sea urchin and the super mushroomy sauce and stuff, I could hear the face that Andrew was making while they <laughs> <Right>. were <laughs> he, <laughs> right. he was just like Ugh, <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> I mean, Andrew would end up like in his room in fetal position if he was put into this yeah. sort well, he... of thing.
0: He knows himself, he wouldn't do yeah. that. I mean just like me, I wouldn't pay $195 because I wouldn't be able to eat 90% of it.
2: Right. Oh, no, that's definitely not something that would work for you.
1: Right. <laughs> but then again, you can't let uh, you can't let Genevieve um schedule anything, especially travel wise cuz you'll end up somewhere really super janky and you'll be at the worst rental car place.
0: <laughs> and over super bowl weekend. right you'll be definitely somewhere in the <laughs> on air plane. on a non
1: non direct tv flight during the super bowl
2: well so luke said that he liked everything except that he got sad over the lamb and he is moving more and more more and more towards vegetarianism and he's he's getting kind of close cuz he just doesn't like seeing or thinking about cute animals dying it's never gonna happen never you don't think so well you
0: can't it's really hard to do low carb as a vegetarian yeah done it It, you gotta do something you gotta eat something you have to have you have (laughs) to have a ton of fish um if he's gonna still eat fish like he if he wants to go full vegetarian he wouldn't it would be a bunch of cheese it's he it's not gonna be good
2: i don't understand how vegetarianism doesn't necessarily include fish because fish are living animals
0: Well, it's called pescatarian. Well, yeah, Mm -hmm. but it seems like a cop out to me. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, they're just not cute. It is, but I wasn't. I did it because I wasn't getting enough protein. Yeah, like I was actually physically getting sick, Mm -hmm. Um, so I had to um, add fish. But that's just been recently, like within the next last ten years.
1: I could do that one because I I actually really like fish, but Luke doesn't Mm -hmm. ever sound like he's a huge fish fan. So. Let's let's get rid of the notion that he's going to ever stop eating meat.
2: (laughs) I don't know. He he made the comparison of it to Andrew stopping smoking. So you don't
1: you don't need to smoke to live. That's true. Luke doesn't. He he's already come out Mm -hmm. anti fruit. He doesn't seem to (laughs) eat a lot of vegetables. He's he won't eat carbs. So if he doesn't eat meat, he's eating air. So.
0: Right. This is one of those um, where people start eliminating things from their diet as part of a eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That seems what he's like, oh, now gluten's bad and sugar's bad and meat is bad and the- all I
2: eat is water.
1: Yeah, right. I'm allergic to onions. But I bet you've eaten a right. mountain of onions in your life, yeah. so you're not fucking <laughs> allergic. To-
2: well, they bring in a Genevieve's decision to quit eating pork, which I still, I don't understand. Pigs are too cute to eat, but cows aren't too cute to eat. Whatever. I think it was a smart
1: thing. It was too smart. And they're so close. Right. Well, it doesn't matter how smart you are. You hate getting killed, you know? (laughs) Right.
0: Well, and I thought that it was also that their that pig's bodies are so close to humans that they can use their parts interchangeably. Mm-hmm. Like you can get a pig heart or like, you know what I mean? Mm, Valves yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah.
2: Um, I don't care.
0: Yeah. I'm, Either way, <laughs> Yeah, like I don't understand, yeah. I mean, it's all you the know, same.
2: she you yeah, know, she makes her decisions. Yeah. But uh Andrew says that she didn't make some like hard and fast n- proclamation he calls it a grand proclamation now i shall not eat pork She just sort of gradually drifted away Mm -hmm. from that and um so maybe luke can just sort of get away from meat without making his own grand proclamation
1: that's the only way it could happen
2: yeah yeah. because if he
0: wants to have a burger do it you know if he makes this big thing like i'm now a vegetarian Then he'll feel weird and he'll be sneaky when he's, I mean, even more so when he's eating a burger at two in the
2: morning. But he's so into public accountability with this whole Mm -hmm. weight thing, weight kick that he's back on. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I agree, Mike. I don't see this ever becoming reality, but... I wish him well, if that's what makes him feel better about it. Uh, I wrote down that then Andrew talks about his chili recipe for a while. <laughs> Something about how he substituted turkey sausage for pig sausage. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I make a,
1: I make a pretty delicious chili, um, but I don't feel the need to tell anyone all about it. Just <laughs> I just make it.
2: They mentioned that they went to Bitterroot Barbecue, and their server was somebody named Rocky, who said, quote, you're Burbank and Walsh. And oh. it was revealed that Rocky is a 10, and they're pretty delighted by that. I thought that was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the donor thanks segment, they get into the topic of mispronouncing people's names since Luke does so many of those charity gigs where he's the MC. he is very afraid of mispronouncing people and he tells the story about the one person whose name was carl and he accidentally called them carla and then had to <laughs> apologize afterwards christy didn't you say that you knew these people or knew of them
0: mm-hmm. yeah the bankies they actually started sir la which is a kitchen supply store i don't know if it's all over oh no, it is okay yeah so they started um Sir la they're a really nice couple they um they were friends with my old rich boss.
2: Oh, of course they were. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you know
1: who are badasses at pronouncing names are um, the like the superintendents or the the college deans. Yes, that read all the names. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I was very impressed by that because stakes are high, even <laughs> well, higher than the donor situation. you have to write it situation. out
0: phonetically. Yeah. At my school, we wrote it out. Yeah. This is how you say it. So that's what they should do for Luke at these things. Yep. Yeah. Because it can, it could be. I mean, if they were, di- I know people that were also friends with Rich Boss, that if their name was said wrong, they would take away their, their donation. Yeah. Because if you call and me get Mr. Right Frizzle,
1: then those, those orphans shouldn't get a roof over their head. <laughs> exactly. Idiot. Exactly.
0: I know. No, I'm not. These people are dicks, but I'm yeah. just saying like that it can be high stakes. These people think they're so important. They oh, you the were best, so close right? to
1: getting a mosquito net, but <laughs> you called me Sorry. Michelle Frizzell. Oh, or maybe next year. <laughs> Hope you don't die of malaria before next year. We'll, keep, we'll run it back. We'll see what happens.
2: I guess that'll teach you. Yeah. Uh, top story is that the Pantone color of the year has been. Uh, Revealed it is purple, according to Luke. I was like, purple, that seems awfully general. And so I went and looked it up and it's actually one eight dash <laughs> three eight three eight ultraviolet. So I don't they, know they
1: ran a really hard campaign.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. That
1: color yes. <laughs> They were in all the trades pumping it up. They deserved it.
2: I don't know what the difference between ultraviolet and purple is, but I thought purple was just just weird. Weirdly general. Um, Luke hates purple, I guess, and Andrew it's, likes that's purple. A,
1: he went to UW, so I don't accept that he hates purple. He should mm-hmm. not hate purple. You're <laughs> forced to like purple.
2: We get some history of the color purple, the actual color, not the book, slash play, slash movie. Uh, it was originally made from sea snail slime, which is pretty cool, and was for many years restricted to royals, uh, Luke's reason for not liking it is because he says people who wear purple are not as whimsical as they think it's (laughs) supposed to be a whimsical color. And I was like, wait, that's that's a hot take. (laughs) (laughs) and he identifies it with his first agent his first talent agent who wore lots of purple and used it as her signature color i had a roommate who when she bought her condo many years after we were roommates she painted her entire bedroom purple including the ceiling and she called it her purple cave so that Hmm. is a little weird yeah, I will say it's,
1: it's actually it's a good thing that she did that because the second a guy steps in there, he knows, <laughs> all
0: right, he knows what's. He- I feel that people that love purple really love it. It's like almost like a cult of purple. Mm-hmm. I know two people that are obsessed with it. One listens to this show, Every Room is Purple. Mm-hmm. I really liked it when
1: I was a kid, but I sort of, you know, I mean, I like it because it's UW now, but but mm-hmm. I just as an adult. A strong feeling about a color—it just doesn't happen for me anymore.
0: No, me neither. It seems weird to have a signature
2: color. I, I know <laughs> there's colors adult. I
1: don't like, like in a car or you know a house or whatever. But there's mm-hmm. not there's not colors that I'm like, oh, I gotta have this color.
2: Right. Certain shades, like chartreuse, is kind of pukey, and mm-hmm. puce is kind of pukey. But I don't know. There's nothing wrong with purple. Um, Luke wants to know how our brains identify some colors. In certain ways, like how do our brains tell us that purple is a whimsical color? And I was like, well, Luke, it's cultural conditioning. There's nothing mm. in our brains that looks at purple and makes identification. I mean, um, Chinese wedding dresses are red. It's right, all about and, yep. how the culture treats the colors, <laughs> not like because Indian there's...
1: Indian culture and Pakistani culture, there's a lot of purple there. Like yeah. it would become right. just like beige to you. If you live there.
0: Well, I can I can tell you why the whimsical thing is triggering his mind is, you know, that poem, when I get old, I'm going to wear purple.
2: Oh, you're talking about the red hats.
0: Yes. Mm. So they're going to wear red hats and wear purple. Mm-hmm. And that then became like a symbol of women of a certain age, probably with a lot of cats, wearing purple to be like rebellious and original. hmm.
1: Yeah, because in some states you go to jail for wearing purple. No, you don't. You can wear whatever the fuck color you want.
0: (laughs) Well, we don't know what the, we we never know what is going to happen next week. I'm doing a lot of swearing
1: today. I'm going to try to back off.
2: Um, Andrew likes purple because it makes him think of the Joker. And I was like, ah, Mm -hmm. there we go. His favorite movie.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. All roads lead to Batman.
2: Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then there's a lot of Batman talk that I didn't pay very much attention to. Yep. And uh, Luke says that he didn't understand when he was a kid that that Adam West Batman TV series is a comedy. And I can see that mm-hmm. as a kid. It did have enough action. He just mm-hmm. didn't realize how campy it was. Right. Uh, <laughs> and Andrew thinks that if he watched it now, it wouldn't hold up. And I completely disagree. <laughs> I think it's going to hold up to be exactly what it was supposed to be.
1: And we'll be just as fascinated about the the guy who put the makeup on over his mustache (laughs) as we were there.
2: Yeah, that's upsetting.
0: (laughs) Uh,
2: The Cesar Romero reference never gets old. Uh, We move into one of uh, Luke's uh, emotional issues. Another retread on this subject. He's upset that he watched Shits Creek on his phone in the hotel room at Lummy Island instead of going out and communing with nature, doing his dock staring. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, He is trying to, he said, create the perfect set of rules that's going to make his life more fulfilled, but he's so addicted to technology and specifically the feedback that he gets from technology, like Twitter, that he makes these decisions that are at, at odds with his stated. Um Desires and motivation. um, let's see that's mostly the content of this show today. We get an email from Will the pilot thank God for will injecting some actual mm-hmm. knowledge into some airline discussions on the topic of diverting planes. He said it costs an average of seventy five thousand dollars to divert a plane. This is in reference to that conversation last week about the plane that was diverted because all the toilets were full and or unusable um and this just makes luke astonished at the cost of air travel <laughs> i mean come on man <laughs> we have an email from anonymous who sings uh and plays a new tbtl jingle which they say is jack johnson style and uh luke wants to say that we should feel free to just use the voicemail line just, just to check in with them and, and let them know what's going on, even if um, it's not show-related. I don't know. I would only call them if I had something that I would expect or I think would contribute to the show. That'd so, be like an audio stens page then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, well we definitely know not to email no. later on yeah. in the week. <laughs>
2: Um, we get into the no-point conversion, and Carrie is the special guest today. She's delightful, as always. And they bring her on because Luke wants her to talk about, I guess, how she's figured out how to control his behavior, more or less. And that's to take mm-hmm. him to, to a place to watch the game where he can't misbehave. And so they went to a, <laughs> a semi-decent restaurant where he just he can't throw a temper tantrum. So mm-hmm. he ended up sitting at the bar and whisper screaming at the game. <laughs> i think i
1: think she's on to something
2: i agree (laughs) you know yep um she agrees that his behavior is very much improved since they started dating but that she she says he's still more intense about the game than anybody she's ever met which wow Uh, and going back to the idea of um Um, being overexcited and then being underexcited for the game. They talk about how Luke and David and Sam, when they watch together, they take turns going nuts and screaming at the game instead of doing it all at the same time because you got to maintain the crazy equilibrium.
1: Yeah. Otherwise, it's like that that scene uh, from 2001 A Space Odyssey when all the chimps are just breaking bones (laughs) on the obelisk.
0: (laughs) I don't know why she just doesn't use sundays football time as a time to go do other things i think she's a, I think she's a
1: fan
2: oh she yeah that's true she also so,
1: but she could sports. go somewhere else <laughs> mm-hmm. to her family's house to watch the game yeah
2: yeah she can't go watch it elsewhere in the house since they only have one tv so that they can have their mm-hmm. couple togetherness
3: mm,
1: yeah
2: <laughs> she either has to watch it with him or leave watch the premises. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Then I wrote down blah, 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 sports. Um, They talk about (laughs) something called karmic justice on calls or non-calls. I'd like to say there's no such thing as karmic justice. At least I don't Mm -hmm. believe it as far as football is concerned. I think if there is karma out there, it's concentrated on more important things. Uh, We find out that Blair Walsh's brain is bad. I could have told you that before. And we find out that John Ryan's leg is bad, not because it's injured, just because he's getting old and he can't kick anymore. Then comes my favorite point, part of the no point conversion, where Carrie says that she <laughs> she can't answer the the question that Luke is asking her because she can't take him seriously while he's wearing these pants, <laughs> which are mm-hmm. she describes are running tights that are a size too small, that are three quarter lengths. <laughs> and Luke insists that this is an appropriate way to wear them. And Carrie and Andrew are saying, but don't you wear shorts over those? Why would you just (laughs) present everything to the world that way? I will say Luke is correct. You can wear them either with shorts or without shorts. I see runners doing it either way. Normally the guys that I see that run in just the running tights are around the campus of the university of Minnesota because they're on the cross country team. So Mm -hmm. They're pretty tremendously in shape and probably need specialized running pants. I don't know if Luke does. Um, Luke says that he thinks that he can wear these because um, he has a cute butt. And then he says, quote, Andrew, rank my butt one to amazing, unquote.
0: And then Luke, uh, I love when Andrew's like, oh, no, we're getting into HR issues.
1: I'm not (laughs) When they were talking about these shorts, I couldn't help but think uh, back to the Almost Live uh, skit Speedwalker in which Bill Nye would wear these shorts that I'm picturing on Luke. And most of it was just shot of Bill Nye from the front speedwalking after whatever villain or criminal was doing their worst. And his junk was just flipping and flopping the whole time. It's all you can look at once you notice it. So, um, forget the butt is, is, are these things giving us some VPL? I think so. You got to lose that. That's... I think that's
0: why she was distracted. I mean, she's not looking at his butt while yeah. talking.
1: You got to, you, you got to put something He's probably on over sitting
0: that. there cross-legged. <laughs> oh.
1: Guys, there's nothing sexy about our anatomy. Hide it. I just some like that.
0: Every time he called it running pants, she would say ballet pants.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know. Fantastic. God bless her. (laughs) Uh, Then we find out that Andrew thinks that the Seahawks, as a team, are assholes and poor losers. Yeah. Except for Mm -hmm. Russell Wilson. Right. Um, The Browns lost. Andrew says they will always lose because they're done with winning. And he's extremely... Upset. I don't know why was he upset. I mean, their losing is nothing new.
1: That that was a particularly painful one because they pretty much had it at like about a ninety eight percent win expectancy, which is a, a new generation stat that um, goes out during the games, and they still managed to lose it despite having that win expectancy very late in the game. So it was particularly heartbreaking.
2: Oh, because he was getting his hopes up that they might actually get a win.
1: Yeah, and the rest of the games they are against teams they really don't have a chance against. Oh. So they're now they are likely going
2: zero and sixteen. Ah, I don't know. I shoot the moon at this point. I think zero and sixteen is better than one and fifteen. Yeah, they
0: should do a bunch of trick plays. Just go all out. Yeah, yeah.
2: Onside kicks, <laughs> every do. play. Don't
1: never punt. Yeah,
0: <laughs> just go for it all out. Yeah, I loved carries, but what if the Browns are a performance art? <laughs> That was amazing. Like they're not part of the NFL; they're just there.
1: That's a pretty. That's a pretty big conspiracy. (laughs) Like you have to draft eight guys every year and go. Okay, I know. I know this is going to sound hard to believe, but you are not going to be
2: a professional football player. Right, you're still going to get
1: paid like one, but you're an artist.
2: (laughs) Well, adding insult to injury, there's a ten who's a Green Bay fan who sent Andrew some screenshot of victory shots i don't know i Mm. guess um and that just upsets him even more and luke says yeah no joke helps i mean you can't use any it's not the time for levity when your team has just so spectacularly muffed the game just nobody can say anything that's not infuriating to you so that was why he was upset after the seahawks lost that game on the um, on the Blair Walsh kick, was that the last week or the last time they lost? And then Stu texted him the picture of Blair Walsh, and Luke was like, yeah. "We are at war now." He just didn't find I, anything funny about it.
1: I got uh, StuBot back on that one. The following week, the Vikings kicker I think missed two kicks in the game, and I think both times I sent pictures of Kai Forbath, which is their their kicker. I tweeted those to um to StuBot, so I, I feel like I was a good foot soldier without feet. In that war <laughs> against Stubots.
2: Still fighting the fight. Stump soldier. Stump soldier. Yeah. Just dragging yourself out on the field. Let me at him. All right, let's be done with Monday. Okay.
0: And Tuesday, uh, 2531. Not all heroes have. Ith- How do you say that? Ithaca? It's
2: Itasca. There's an Uh, Itasca Itasca. County and also a Lake Itasca here. So I assume Uh, that's what this thing is named after.
0: Okay. (laughs) Um, Luke is 193.9 pounds. We haven't really talked about this much, but what's the goal he's trying to get to? 180?
1: 183, I think it is.
0: 183, 183. Um, I wish one of the doctors or um, healthcare people that listen would tell him that... You're not supposed to weigh yourself right after doing a physical activity. It's not a correct weight. I don't understand how it works because science is scary for me. But if you do a hard workout, you're going to weigh more than before you did it for some reason. Yeah. I've had personal, multiple personal trainers tell me that, doctors. So if someone could tell him, don't go on a run and then weigh yourself because it's going to be, it's not going to be
1: accurate. I can tell you that if you work in a hot restaurant kitchen, you can definitely weigh yourself afterwards and be very pleased <laughs> mm-hmm. with the yeah. results.
0: Because <laughs> you sweat it all off. Yeah. yeah you didn't do anything
1: For particularly, sure. you know, uh, physical, yet you just lost- it's like in a sauna. All the water out of your body. Yep. It's gone. Yep. <laughs>
0: So they go into the process of posting a show and that APM has added more and more steps to get it right. And that I think Luke is feeling, well, maybe Andrew's feeling a little anxious about it because Luke's going to have to do it for two weeks. And um, there's all these different steps. And then a new one just came. And that's where we see a description of the show and the name of the show. And it's why we were having issues months ago for a long time where there would be no show name and there would be no description description and um Luke is just sort of like well do we really need that <laughs> like we'll st- people will still be able to hear it right I mean like they just won't know what it's about or whatever like so what do you guys think the odds are that shows will be posted every day number one and number two correctly
2: I think he'll get them posted every day I don't know about the correct part. But I don't know. You know, sometimes when people are just like, I don't know how to do it. Then other people step up and take care of them. So, yeah.
1: Could he call that lady at the at APM, Bonnie or whatever her name is and that get was her in- Chrissy. Yeah, let's get her. Let's get her involved. Yeah, the HR- Burbank? <laughs> <laughs> what no, do you she need? She works
2: she works for CBS. <laughs> she doesn't work Oh, for oh CBS. So <laughs> oh, that won't help. <laughs> that won't
1: help. <laughs> That's how much I pay attention to that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, see, now, now we know that it's that latest step that, as you said, causes the no title, no description mm-hmm. thing. And that still yep. happens at least once a week. So now I'm going to be like, oh, Andrew screwed up every time Andrew. that happens. <laughs>
0: yep.
1: <laughs> I think Car- Carrie should end up getting involved with this to make sure everything goes right. Yeah. She's very detail-oriented. She'll get it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I thought that was interesting that we got a little peek behind the curtain that when they first started at APM, p.m., it was 50-50. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the surprising part. <laughs> I mean, that is the surprising part that the, the work was distributed. And now that and now Andrew does most of the work. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised by that.
2: Nope.
0: Because um, he edits the show, posts it, does all the writing for everything. Um, It's interesting.
1: Well, Luke did do the uh, Hey Dummies video this week where he just went through his hat collection. <laughs> so we'll give him credit.
0: Okay. And then we get a random Joe versus the Volcano clip, which puts us down a rabbit hole of Dan Hadea. Is that how we say it? Yeah, he's great. I always thought it was and Dan Hadea, but... Hedaya, yeah. I don't know. I tried to find YouTube videos of him saying his name, but I couldn't find it.
1: I called when I knew he wasn't at home. And <laughs> <laughs> Listen to his voicemail. And it's that's what Phyllis would do. It's pronounced Worcester. Worcester. <laughs> good spoof. Good
0: spoof. Thanks. Um, Veeves wants to have a Dan Hadaya Film Festival. Um, then they randomly play "Kickstart My Heart" by Motley Crue. This, Mike, you would remember this song. I mean, both of you probably had that. It reminded me instantly. Took me to junior high dances and Skate King.
1: Oh, the Skate King. Yeah. Remember? Motley Crue kind of kind of missed me. You know, when I was at Skate King, it was more like Def Leppard. Oh, okay. You know, a, a generation of ridiculous music a little bit before yours. How about you, Anne?
0: Mm,
2: I only went skating, roller skating once, and it was when I was living in England. So I'm pretty sure they probably weren't playing Motley Crue, but I don't know. And uh, I never went to any school dances, so sorry. Mm. <laughs>
0: Um, then I was upset because Luke said that Bust a Move was by Tone Loke multiple times. And, um, one just saying that, obviously we all know it's young MC and that Andrew didn't correct him.
1: It sounded like he was about to uh, during one of the times that he was misattributing it, but he stopped himself. It sounded like he stopped himself.
0: Um, what I loved about this story besides the, the mis, misstep there is that he said that he would go to these like fairs and um, events, and then he would hear non-Christian music, and it nourished his
1: soul (laughs) getting to hear 30-second clips of of (laughs) Bust-A-Move. I wonder if if for the people that were raised on Christian rock, Mm -hmm. if they were as quick to identify real rock as we are to identify Christian rock when we hear it, like three notes in there like,
2: hey, this is real music. Mm. Or they said, (laughs) that's not godlike. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah
0: i would say that jeremy would say yes he can identify before a song even starts before there's even singing he's like christian
1: right right there's something <laughs> about it there's something yes. about it and That's probably so- when he was a kid it was like oh this is ungodlike you
0: yes Hmm. just like movies <laughs> fresh movies or whatever
1: mm-hmm. it's just a different version of a bullshit meter you know, like when someone's talking and like within how many seconds are you going to take to decide they're full of shit? <laughs>
0: exactly. Um, Andrew, of course, um, uh, puts ev- all the dates of donors into a spreadsheet and Luke messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> then Luke's phone rings and it was a robocall and he put it on. And I thought this was hilarious. Yeah. Just re- I mean because it's a landline, line so it's of course no one knows the phone number. So it's always going to be window salesman or realtors cold calling or today it was a robocall. And I really loved it because it caused lots of of recall spoofs about sanctuary cities. <laughs> um and then Luke has a the top story is that there's a new segment. <laughs> And then the new segment is called "Is This Annoying." Then Andrew's phone rings and it's his doctor's office. <laughs> so, what I thought was weird is why didn't they just edit that out? Because he had to take it. So then they played hold music.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was it was kind of funny though, right? Because it happens for Luke and he answers it, and it's this like amazing weird thing. And then it happens to mm-hmm. Andrew and he answers it, and it's his doctor's office, and it just it like illustrates. I don't know, karmic justice. <laughs> karmic justice between the two of them somehow. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. So then Luke admits that he uses his TBTL email for junk email and subscribing to anything anytime someone asks for an email and he knows it's going to sign him up for a list, which brings me to our throw your phone moment. This is from Crit. In one of the clearest ways yet, Luke proves he doesn't give a shit about listener emails by using TBTL as his junk account. Mm hmm. Weigh in, guys. Uh, yep.
1: <laughs> true,
0: true. I mean, it does explain why he decided to delete the whole mailbox.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. And why he has thousands and thousands and thousands of emails in there.
0: Mm hmm. Um,. He said so the thing that's annoying is that a mortgage broker that they tried to use years ago spams him getting email multiple emails a day and then he responded like remove me and the guy wrote back. So is this annoying that the guy spams him and then secondly that he wrote back? What do you guys think?
2: I don't think it's annoying that he wrote back because of the mm-hmm. way that Luke wrote to him and just said, please mm-hmm. unsubscribe me from this list. You know, it was so, right. um, I mean, it wasn't rude, but it was so, uh, impersonal. Like he didn't know what it was that I could see mm-hmm. that the guy was like, Oh uh, yeah, of course. Sure. No problem. And then had the impulse to let him know that there was a reason that he had been on the list. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am yeah. would be more irritated that this mortgage guy fell down on the job. Right. Because it, you know they spend so much time out looking for leads and trolling for new customers then he's got one right there who's interested in having him do something and it seems like he just totally dropped the ball
1: i think that's the root of luke's annoyance mm-hmm. uh, in in that he doesn't like the guy because of that reason we get i probably get uh, three or four emails a week from our real estate agent um that are of no use to me but but I really like her. We lo- we love her. So I don't care. So you Keep delete? Coming. You know, if it gets her numbers up, you know, if like these, are, I have this many contacts, I'm not going to unsubscribe.
0: Mm-mm. Um. Do you also? What about from your brokers? Do either of you get?
1: I, we do get a very occasional one from our our money lady. No, I don't. It's not a, not enough to get annoyed. Mm-mm.
0: Oh. We have this one, and most of the time I send it to Emily because this guy is fucking ridiculous. He calls himself the Mortgage Professor. He does Facebook Live videos. Um, his <sighs> updates on Facebook... Like he's s- constantly spamming Facebook and sending us um, emails that we didn't ask for. And he also m- almost made us lose this house twice. So he's terrible. We would never use him again. Um, but his the the things he sends out the promotional emails are so terrible that they're they circle back to be funny mm. but i just don't get it like how can you be that terrible at your job and then still think it's okay to just spam people like that
1: he doesn't know he sucks that's yeah the thing. most most right. people that suck don't professor. know they suck
2: i think if you have a doctorate in mortgages you're probably not <laughs> actually yeah, we're writing mortgages
0: Right. Well, th- so that's the thing. Jeremy says he probably goes to these conferences of how to sell yourself and he does every single thing that he learns. Yeah. yeah. Just, you know, I'll th- throw it all up on the wall and something's got to stick. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. Um, but do you guys take the time to unsubscribe to to these
1: annoying things or do you just delete? I go on a kick sometimes and I will yeah. unsubscribe a bunch of stuff but then you know that's kind of a hassle so you end up just delete 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 but right. yeah so I'm I have one foot in both worlds I guess since I have no feet I guess I have one in both <laughs> one stump in <laughs> each
2: the world I do the same thing where it just it seems like you finally reach a threshold where you're like all right I'm sick of deleting these I'm just gonna unsubscribe mm-hmm. and so I'll do that so- for half a dozen and then
1: some of those places are just insidious, like Nordstrom Rack. I made the mistake of giving them my <laughs> my uh, my email address one time and I unsubscribed and it stopped for like a year and then it started again. I'm like, you f- bastards.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that this statement is really funny, that they want to add more phone calls on the show, but they don't know how to do that. <laughs> and I understand what they're seeing because they recorded all different times, but they had a call makers segment. Yep. Mm-hmm. Why can't they just do that?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or, like, I mean, there's tons of podcasts that record at weird odd times that have call in segments. Not call in, well, they'll call the people. You just send an email, like, hey, we're going to.
1: Those places usually have a, a big social media presence, though, you know?
0: Yeah, that's true. Like, I mean, another thing is, I think that their tech setup doesn't allow for a third person except for if they do phone call, like voicemails. Mm -hmm. Right. Didn't we try to figure out how to do that?
2: I don't know. I feel like with the full weight of APM behind them, that this is a solvable problem, Mm -hmm.
0: which, and I'm sure that this is an APM suggestion.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's a great suggestion.
0: Oh, me too. I I think that it's really great. Um, Probably my favorite part of the show, um, besides the robocall, um, was the email from Sydney from Boulder because the way she swore was so funny to me. I don't know why, but it's like, I'm just trying to get a fucking croissant. <laughs> it was so funny. So um, she's in line for a chocolate croissant and she's so excited. She sees there's one left and then someone cuts in line and orders it. God, old people, am I right? Yeah. Um, I have Andrew's anxiety about lines. If there's no clear order to a place, it gets me really anxious. Like if everyone's just standing around, I try to like make eye contact with the person like, okay, hey, remember me. (laughs) <laughs> I was here first before anyone else. I, I don't like it. If there's Bakeries no list, are the
1: worst at that. They are so yes. bad at that because you just walk in and was this person here before they're standing over there? Do they even want to order right now? Or are they just looking? <laughs> I mean, it is bad. Somebody, somebody should really come up with a um some throughput for a bakery that, because your baked goods don't even need to be that good, but people will come there just because they feel confident that they're going to be, served in some sort of orderly fashion.
0: Yes. I like when they're like, um, enter here, orders here, yeah. pick it up here. Let, that, that I'll go there every time. Yeah, they got that like them.
1: at Einstein, you know, the, at least you know how it's going to go, you know, mm-hmm. but most other places that involve like bagels or baked goods or whatever, is like, it's fucking Thunderdome and the olds are just going to go right to the front <laughs> the because we old. don't have much time left. So we're just <laughs> going for it.
2: Well, and there and, are people in this world who believe that lines don't apply to them yeah not necessarily always Mm -hmm. old people i we used to have that at the store a lot especially during the christmas season when the line is not long i mean we moved through it pretty well but then there'd be somebody like standing off randomly way down at the other end of the counter and one time i said to a guy uh you know can i can i help you with something down here And he's like oh i'm just waiting to pay and i said well you better get in line because i'm never going to get to you if you stand all the way down here and he was like oh huh yeah. like come on dude. registers
1: are where we take the money right. <laughs> we don't just walk out to you and go so how are we paying today
0: and can we talk about how a rate anything with raisins in it is not comparable to a chocolate croissant yeah
1: it's a disagree big step down disagree what,
0: i like raisins but Me too but a raisin muffin or raisin whatever she said is not going to be comparable to a chocolate croissant
1: right when you had your mouth set already you know what i mean you just you give me a, a something with raisins in it right now as i sit here i'll be fine with that say, thank you very much but if you said you're bringing over something with chocolate on it and you gave me something with raisins in it instead i would say thank you but I, in my mind i'd be like i wish i had that fucking chocolate there I go. <laughs> but, I am, yeah.
2: but let's be clear what we're talking about when we're talking about a chocolate croissant we're not talking about something that has chocolate dough we're not talking about something that no. is dipped in chocolate. A chocolate croissant mm, usually just has a thin bar of chocolate that runs through it. And I'm always very right. disappointed by that. That is not chocolatey enough for me. I would rather you have manage a great, your ratios with this Yeah, those. I gotta have a great mm. raisin roll anytime over a chocolate croissant. Mm. Mm. I've never
0: had a raisin roll, so maybe maybe I just need to try one of those and then I'll get back to you. Because yeah. yeah, if if the chocolate croissant is not done well and it's just like a cold piece of it almost looks like a a chunk of Hershey's in the middle of it. That's terrible. No one likes that.
1: I'd, I'll, I want to try one of these raisin things. Mm-hmm. I'll just wash it down with a, some garbage milk and give you my feedback. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I love the motto, Great, more butter, more better. Mm-hmm. I thought of Anne in that situation. You know it. Um, <laughs> and um, I really want to know the story about luke's co-worker the british guy that strangled the co-worker yeah i i wish that he would have just ended it but now that i know there's more to the story that we're not going to get to hear
2: i know what a time for curious. luke to finally practice some discretion on the show i
0: know <laughs> we need to find this out um and then last i thought that this was really interesting that luke has enough self-awareness to know That his anxiety about missing out on things, whether that's like a party or food specifically or the good stuff, as he says, is rooted in not having enough ever Mm -hmm. as a as a child. And it kind of made me a a little bit sad um, being annoyed with his entitlement. (laughs) Not too sad, though. All right, Mike, your turn.
1: Wednesday, 2532. Dr. Howdy Lucas at home weighing 195 he has both pets in the room i think um the the what, what point is the bed olive's bed and not rudy's bed because it it seems like these cats are the dogs are so nice that they never they never want to kick the cat out of the bed so i think it's olive's bed that rudy sometimes gets <laughs> to sleep in
2: well, I was looking at in the Hey Dummies video when he showed mm-hmm. Rudy on the floor next to Olive lying in the bed, and I had a thought, can Rudy actually fit in that dog bed? looks mighty small for her. Oh, you'd, you'd be her.
1: surprised. Yeah. You'd be surprised. The dogs we had before these were, you know, they were 65, 70-pound animals and very tall and long, And but if if they found a nice bed, they could curl themselves into a sea. I mean, they would... They would they were the color of like a cinnamon roll and they would look like one inside of these little, (laughs) these little beds. Yeah. Cause we got a bed for Abby when we first got her, but, uh, Jack, the bigger dog decided he liked it and he just squoze himself into it. Um, let's see. Oh, um, Luke loves animals now more than he used to now that he has them. So he feels bad when there's roadkill. I'm kind of the same way. I kind of always felt bad when I saw roadkill, but now when I see it, especially all the deer around here that are always getting hit. What about raccoons? Me, I feel bad about them. I feel bad really? about you squirrels. Do? Yeah. Oh.
0: Raccoons I say good riddance. Deer, that's sad.
1: Uh and and then I've uh. never hit one knock on wood, but if I did, yeah, you know, that's a that's a month ruiner for me if I ever hit any animals. I mm-hmm. almost ran over a tarantula since I was <laughs> been here in in <gasps> what? Austin. I was driving, I was driving down a steep hill and, oh, and I saw it at the last second and it was beautiful and no. huge. And it was just walking across the road and I managed to swerve just enough to get it between my tires. Cause I would have felt bad about killing something that amazing looking too. I, you know, oh, I don't know. I'm such a softie that way. You know, I
0: had a, my car, um, that I had before the one I have now, um, Animals like to suicide themselves on my car. Um, I had I was just stopped and a squirrel ran into my tire and killed itself. Um and then a Did bird leave a note. <laughs> should've. <laughs> and then a, a bird um killed itself on my windshield. And um then the first time the first this dog didn't die, but when I first got the car, like hours later I'm driving home and it's slippery and slick outside and I'm stopped. Barely maybe going like three miles an hour over a speed bump, and a dog came running at my car and slid on the ice and hit its back hip on my car. Mm-hmm. jeez
1: did a risky so, business right into your I know,
0: car. <laughs> and it cracked the um it was pretty hard it cracked the license plate frame
2: wow,
1: yeah, um, huh.
0: but yeah, I would feel the the squirrel like the and the bird ruined me for a while. Like, blood and feathers and fur all over your tires. And I don't even like
1: squirrels. That's awful. Wait, Emily has a phenomenon with her car that it seems to be just invisible to other drivers. Like, (laughs) people just go right in front of her, you know. And when I'm driving it, it's the same thing. It's the car. It's not not her, not me. It's the Mm -hmm. car. So you have to be, like, extra defensive. It's like being on a motorcycle. Something about it being, like, a really, you know, dark, steely gray car or something just... Makes people blind to it,
2: you gotta trade it in trade it yeah, in for like a big yeah. red truck
1: <laughs> <laughs> driving a truck in Texas is the only way you'll be able to see anything on the freeway, so you just gotta get a truck taller <laughs> than the other trucks all right um big big topic of the week the Wallingford parking conversation I guess some of um from a, some of Andrew's neighbors have taken the law into their own hands and they're they're painting their curbs. Um I'm generally in favor of this and it sure. would turn out later to be to be perfectly legal to some degree. I don't think you're allowed to paint lines on the street, which seems to be happening somewhere there. Um, but I can see where if someone is really upset that they would. They would try to, you know, stretch the stretch the law and uh, and and put lines in the street, but. I just don't think when they built all those houses, they expected everyone to have a car. Mm -hmm. It's like they expected maybe each household to have a car, but everyone has a car. So I think it's probably less stressful now that they've, they only have one, one car. Am I I right about that? They sold his car and they, she got a new car and that's their car. Yeah. So it seems to be why we haven't heard as many stories because they're not trying to, to junk up uh, the street with all of their cars dazzling donors uh i don't i don't know how this happened but luke said that he didn't feel like los angeles was part of the southwest <laughs> i don't i mean a map a map <laughs> for this gentleman please i mean austin is considered part of the southwest right and we're I, like I think of 1500 Mexico, miles east
0: arizona of and texas
1: yeah yeah, definitely. And I, I think there are parts of Texas like, you know, from from Houston that way. I mean, that's you're definitely getting kind of out of the Southwest feel. You know, mm-hmm. you're definitely getting more into a South feel. But but uh, yeah, <clears throat> pretty much uh, Southern California is is about as uh, Southwest as you can get. But,
0: but I mean, map wise it is. But do you actually think that it is culture
1: wise? Um, Gosh, I'm probably not the right person to ask because I hate L.A. so much. i don't think it is it
0: It feels like it's its own thing
2: yeah i think california is an entity unto itself
0: yeah i i mean when so northwest when people say like pacific northwest i don't think idaho should be in there
3: Hmm.
0: like map wise it is but they have a very very different culture than than washington oregon and i would even count northern california
1: that's but you now you're to the point where you've got to make they have to make up their own thing, then they should know? inland empire or whatever. Yeah,
0: with Montana, Colorado, Utah. I think they uh-huh. could be their own thing, maybe like Northwest Bible Belt. <laughs> Something I don't so know. You're,
1: what you're saying is that LA is too cool to be part of the Southwest, and Seattle is not cool, no, just a, like, a different like, mindset. Uh, like Boise not cool to, enough to be part of the If you
0: Northwest. go, well, we'll take Boise. Um, it, so. If you go to Albuquerque, New Mexico, there's a different feel. There's, you know, old men wearing turquoise and a different kind of food. Mm -hmm. Um, Even in Texas, right? Like you have the dress is different. You don't have that in L.A. That's its
2: own thing.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll accept that argument.
2: I would agree. People in Ohio say that they're Midwest and it is geographically in the center of the country. But they have a much more East Coast sensibility than anything you will find in Minnesota or Wisconsin or the Dakotas. Yeah, a lot of Ohio is Rust
1: Belt. So you're, mm-hmm. you're like, well, that's sort of East Coasty. So, mm-hmm.
0: Well, same with Chicago. Other parts in Illinois seem Midwest, but Chicago doesn't, kind of. I don't know.
1: Mm. All right. Uh, I guess we'll move on <laughs> to the top story. Um, Gawker. Revival is in the offing. They've, they've they've done a GoFundMe or Kickstarter, one of those things. Uh, and Andrew and Genevieve uh, sprinkle some candy on it. They want Gawker to be back. And I'd forgotten this, but uh, Genevieve had a connection to Gawker, and that she was one of their power commenters, which is <laughs> a great phrase. I love that. Um. The Luke is, has been wary of Gawker. He wants them back, but he's been, always been wary of it because when, when they would take down someone that he hated, he was like, yeah, finally, someone exposed this person. And then when they go after someone he likes, lies, all lies, this is all bullshit. <laughs> so, I mean, if they come back, just named confirmation bias instead of Gawker. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have a question. Why does all this Gawker talk always irritate me? Because it does, and I don't know why. Um, well, I know it, it gets under my skin a little
1: bit because i I tried to be, I tried to look at that stuff, and the tone of it, yeah, was always just so shitty. You know, if you're gonna take down somebody, do it, get them, you know, but but don't don't do it with snark. Do it with facts.
2: Mm. I always found Gawker to be kind of mean spirited. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: I hate people that do mean-spirited shows, podcasts, um, websites. I really hate that. They should all die or lose their feet. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, there's a, the next story. The cat person phenomenon. Um, I guess it was a work of fiction. And then there were some uh, men's rights activists backlash. Um, I had trouble following this i'll be honest um it's going to come up later in the week too but
0: that you had trouble following like did you read the new yorker story the no original? I, I didn't
1: oh, okay uh, um so i didn't know where anyone was coming from if anyone had a point if anyone was off base so um did you read it christy can you i did
0: did you read it
2: Anne? i didn't okay i did
0: i thought it was good story i mean i read books that that are similar to this all the time so it was definitely in my wheelhouse. It was just a story of a date and the guy was kind of slubby and a terrible kisser and probably bad at sex. And, um, it was just a very short story and I could, I mean, it, it was just fine. But I think that men got mad because they were saying if, if we, if we wrote this story and we described a woman's body that way, mm-hmm. everyone would be up in arms.
2: No. If you wrote a piece of journalism and described an actual woman that way, maybe right. people would be upset, but a character and a story. No. Right.
0: And if it's a good story, then it, d- it doesn't matter. Um, and I loved when Andrew said, oh my gosh, what an interesting idea. We should describe women's bodies in a negative way. <laughs> That's never been done before.
1: <laughs> you know, um, my my friend in L.A., Dave, he, he he's never told a more compelling story to me than um, he was very early. This was very early version of like online dating, and he had been going back and forth with this uh, woman, and she came over to his apartment, and um, you know, as happens so often in that realm, looked nothing like the pictures that he'd seen and he to him describing his uncomfortable um <laughs> you know cuz he he decided oh, i'm going to go ahead and try to you know make out with her or whatever and he just couldn't do it you know but because he, he couldn't get past not not necessarily how she looked but his disappointment at at um what he thought that she looked like because she'd misrepresented herself um it's it can be pretty compelling Stuff to listen to, and it doesn't matter the gender. I mean, it, you could reverse the roles; it's still a fascinating story. The guy shows up, and he's forty pounds heavier. You know, has back knee. You know, they didn't tell you about all this stuff. You know, I am um, fine with anyone telling any story they want to tell. It's a story. You know, you don't have to watch it or like it or read it or recommend it to others. I don't, know.
0: I don't get why people do that. Um, I mean, that's a bigger question: is why would you? Lie about what you look like when you're going to meet the person.
1: I know because I just dread seeing the look on their face. You know, (laughs) I don't want to see that look where they're 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 like, oh. But I, it seems like a lot of this is comes from um, men never really having to deal with this kind of thing and our insecurities about the way the way we look. You know mm-hmm. um and and the fact that we might not be a great kisser or we might not be the world's greatest lover, and they're projecting themselves into this guy, and they're like,, right. oh, I'm embarrassed mm-hmm. for for me, for him, for everyone. No, it's a different dude than you be you, you be right. you, you be a better kisser, you be a better lover, whatever you think you need to do, and this fictional character can do the same, right, write some fan fiction where he cleans himself up and <laughs> and." Mm-hmm. Goes to the low T seminar, you know?
0: <laughs> well, and how it ends is what I've never experienced it because I never online dated. But uh, my friends that I know that have, how the story ended is very common.
1: Yeah.
2: Hmm. Okay. So you guys should read it. It's a really quick read. And if you feel that grown ladies will be disappointed by you, then date teenage girls. That's a proven winner, <laughs> or
1: or at least make some unwanted <laughs> advances, for God's sake.
0: Right, and then you can run for senate.
1: The best part about this story is, uh, besides learning that Carrie is reading Bukowski, um, is that uh, they start talking about <laughs> they start talking about kissing. Luke warns Andrew against using too much tongue. <laughs> So that's when he gets his new nickname, Dr. How to Kiss. <laughs> Let's see. We we get some... Uh, Andrew is talking about his um, friend's husband, who is now the senior writer slash only writer for the LA Weekly, or was for only a brief time, because they went back through his Twitter account and found out that he was a penis wrinkle of the highest regard uh-huh. uh, and tweeted bad things about did you guys read these tweets yeah people yeah i read i read mm-hmm. i read enough of them i read mm-hmm. enough of them
0: he they weren't like sarc- like no 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 no. Well, no, he, no, wasn't no, no. Wasn't he wasn't doing no. a character. he wasn't doing
1: who's the guy who's the guy um famous twitter guy who has the amazon show rob uh i can't remember delaney rob delaney yeah yeah he's doing a character right you're not doing a character you're just a dick <laughs>
2: And you're not making an ironic statement about no. where you're taking no. down the concept that you're pretending nope. to espouse,
0: and right. and you know what? It's if he's a different person because this was years and years ago. Delete those, mm-hmm.
2: right?
1: Do I mean, we've seen
0: enough of Trump getting in trouble with his old tweets. Like, delete those.
1: Yeah, I. You know, you get the Facebook memories, and and mm-hmm. I'm I'm the asshole who links my Twitter and my Facebook, so um, I get. I get memories from way, way back when I was first on Twitter and like one out of every 15 or 20 jokes I would not make today, you know, mm-hmm. because the tone isn't right. And, I'm, you know, I'm not I'm not quite the person I am today. And I would if I if I mattered at all in the world, I would delete them. But mm-hmm. instead, I just wince when I read them <laughs> right. and just know that I won't one day probably be <laughs> heading up the revival of the L.A. Weekly. So. I,
2: I mean, I think there's definitely something to uh, the changing times and, you know, the way that you behaved in the way that was acceptable to behave back in the 80s is has mm. changed significantly now. And those things are no longer OK. But there's mm. also still a basic standard of decency. You know, like my grandfather was born in whatever, 1903, and he never would have said any of the things that that dude said on Twitter yes. because he was just mm. a respectful person. Right.
0: Well, and if this wasn't someone Andrew knew, we would have a very different story coming Mm -hmm. from him.
2: Yep. Yeah.
1: Well, times change. People change. Like, Mm -hmm. we probably had at any one time four or five gay guys in our fraternity, but none of them ever came out. That's different today. Mm -hmm. It's different. Mm -hmm. You know? And it's a good thing, but I, you know, there's a reason they didn't come out because they probably didn't feel like... They would have been received warmly by everyone, you know. Mm. So, yeah, we we change. And, and and a good thing I wasn't on the record back then because maybe I said some shit that made people feel uncomfortable. So but now it's all out there. So you better go try to right. delete it, son. Um, Luke used to do gay bashing, you know, in mm-hmm. his in his gentle way when he would say things and outfits or something is gay. Mm-hmm. And that was just the style at the time. And he grew out of it. Um the voicemail about uh uh let's see there's a song about from Danny in New York about oops the bird shitting like George Brett I remember being very amused by this song but I I can't remember the I can't I can't remember much much else but I thought it was very funny
2: Yeah he put a lot of detail like um yeah. how oops was the size of two decks of playing cards and <laughs> stuff it was great
1: It, it needs a run really back great. It definitely needs a run back on the show. It it was that good. Um, DTFB rap. Uh, uh, I don't think we need to talk about DTFB anymore. No. Otherwise, I'll just swear again. Um, C-SPAN tweeted, uh, teach me how to Dougie when Doug Jones <laughs> won. It's pretty good. i I like that mm-hmm. there's someone in that building at C-SPAN with a sense of humor because they were kind of just starting out when I went and worked in D.C. And and they had no production value and they had no – there was it was just like someone just turned on a camera and that was it. Um, now, you know, they're having a little fun. That was pretty interesting. Well, you know that
0: some intern straight out of
1: college. Right, right. And they're like <laughs> – There, there'd be like the time when, when I was doing college uh, news on the radio, and I got upbraided for trying to bring any kind of personality Mm -hmm. to the news. They, they chastised me twice, and I stopped doing it. Yeah, this, this this kid's probably lost his internship because he did something (laughs) human and funny.
2: All right, I'm done. Okay, Thursday, number 2533, Hyperbolic Space Junk. Luke is in Portland for the last LiveWire before the winter break. Uh, He says that he took a nap and feels groggy for it. It was a big mistake. Uh, And that he is planning to, quote, go nuts, unquote, after LiveWire tonight. I don't know, didn't he have all those meetings on Friday? I don't know how he could have gone nuts. But but maybe going nuts means something different for Luke than it used to. So Mm -hmm. hopefully... It wasn't out of control. Uh, We get started with some Skyjinks woo. A couple of Skyjinks stories about Luke's traveling. He decided that he could get up at 5am to make a a 6am flight, which seems crazy to me. But um, he got screwed because the security lines were unexpectedly really long and all the the average hoi polloi people who aren't special like him were using the TSA pre-check line, which really upset him. So he tried to kind of sneak through the employee-only line, but then he got called out by one of the people in the pre-check line who he's sure was not actually a pre-check like him and told to go to the back of an actual line. And he said that the TSA person told him that they're not allowed to ask if people had pre-check. I don't understand that. That seems yeah, really weird. weird. They yeah. always
1: have someone out there hollering to get people in the right lines
2: at yeah. airports. I don't know. Maybe this is his point about how Bellingham is so small, they just don't have the personnel mm-hmm. to do that sort of thing.
1: Why doesn't he commission his dad with for a sign? Just, right. <laughs> just say, Dad, make a sign. I'm going to go present it to the folks at the Bellingham airport.
0: What I thought was funny is that Luke can't fathom where where uh, international flights would go from Bellingham. <laughs> right, right. Canada's literally twenty <laughs> minutes away.
1: Yeah, that that four minute flight to Vancouver <laughs> is a pretty easy one.
2: Uh, he goes into this whole thing about how regular people probably don't have pre check. You know, your business traveler, your whatever, but he. He just can't think that a, an average person could actually go to the trouble and expense of getting the pre-check. It's only, what, like 80 bucks? I don't know. Um, yeah, Emily and, did it. It's easy. Yeah. If you Bobby travel did for it, business, right? it's
0: like you you yeah, need to so. do it.
2: Um, but he feels conscious of of being elitist when he talks about this. And I'm like, um, yep. Uh, he says that he needs to learn to show up earlier at the airport and Andrew <laughs> says, yes. Okay. Like <laughs> that was the one acknowledgement that he needed to happen. I'd like to mention at this point, um, a- particular annoyance to me is that Luke has been using the word dotage and pronouncing it incorrectly he has said it multiple times in the last few weeks and he says dotage every time and it's not yeah it's making me crazy I almost went and looked
1: it up because I thought I was going nuts yeah you I, thought it was a different word you know I thought I thought oh. I had been pronouncing it wrong right oh. exactly
2: nope I went to Merriam-Webster and listened to the pronouncer to make sure that I was right and I was and I'm like stop it stop it he just it's a word that all of a sudden he, he likes. And after who was it the North Koreans called Trump a dotard? Then that became a, a popular word too, and lots of people are pronouncing that one incorrectly. So people stop well, it if
1: you if you've lived in Britain like you have, or you've been in the room for thousands of hours of British television <laughs> you've heard this word pronounced correctly.
2: Yes. Uh, well, let's move on to Sky Jinx Part 2. Uh, for all that Luke was rushing around late for his flight, he made it in plenty of time because they had a mismatch between what sounded like the ground crew passenger list and the flight crew passenger lists. And we get an interesting aside that customers are called souls by airlines. That's creepy. I don't like that.
1: That's I don't creepy. like it either. It just seems like you're planning to
2: crash. They did that for boats too. No, didn't uh-huh. they when they talk about a ship sinking they would be like all souls aboard were lost yeah so i think that's Yeah a once holdover. you're dead
0: we can be souls but we're just passengers or right. guests or people
2: uh-huh um there was a guy who was sitting near Luke who was freaking out because of a delay and because he was becoming in danger of missing his connecting flight i would say if you're flight is delayed by half an hour and that endangers your connection. You scheduled it too fine, mm-hmm. my friend. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and the flight attendant was dealing with him, but went from really pleasant to eventually I called it brusque from the way that Luke described it. Someone who is still mm-hmm. professional and still polite, but just doesn't have any time t- for this anymore. Like Yes. we're we're done here and luke had a realization that he's been that guy in the past when things aren't going right and you're getting off track that he has gotten agitated and aggressive and um he sees it from the other side and realizes that it's so unpleasant to to be around, even, that he makes a vow that he's going to change that behavior. And I was really heartened by that. Way to go, Luke. Way to see yourself Mm -hmm. and decide to make that change. Whether or not it actually happens. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's way more likely to happen than the vegetarian thing.
0: (laughs) Or getting to the airport on time. (laughs) Right. Right. Right.
2: (laughs) Uh, Andrew says that he's had the same experience with road rage we've heard a lot about his road rage and that he's seen mm-hmm. other people then when he's been the passenger in the car and seen that behavior he's like oh my god is that yeah. the way I <laughs> behave? yeah yep that's like <laughs> walking
1: into a purple bedroom when you're new with someone and you see them road rage, and you know you're in the car you're like
2: all right i'm gonna wrap yeah. this one up yeah <laughs> this is gonna be a one and done situation yeah yes. i'm out thank you they talk about a podcast called Family Ghosts that gave TBTL a big shout out. The host Sam is a 10 and um, and a big fan of TBTL. It's a panoply show and they talk about how he apparently had to do some kind of audition pilot that then was judged and did get picked up. Luke said that if TBTL had had to go through that same sort of process, it never <laughs> would have been picked up for right. radio. <laughs> Well,
0: they would have just had to send a Jen show,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> I I think I um I think I'm familiar with this guy. I think he's out of like Philadelphia or the Delaware area because he I'm I don't know if I'm Facebook friends with him, but I know that I used to um encounter him through Michelle, who we um I don't know if we had her on this show before, but we had her on Takedown. She was a ten, and he's been podcasting for almost as long as these guys. Oh have. wow! I, I, I can't remember you know what the nature of his shows before were I think maybe there's one about beer or something I might be talking out of my ass but um, I I've been meaning to check it out because he's been doing podcasts so long and panoply wouldn't put out anything that wasn't well produced so right um, I want to I think I'm gonna go listen to
2: that show yeah me too Yeah, I downloaded it because I wanted to actually hear the promo, but I haven't taken the time to actually listen to the show yet. So that's definitely Mm. on my list to do. Uh, Luke said that the only reason they got picked up by Cairo was because they wanted a young show and they had some awareness of him as being part of the Bryant Park project and, you know, being a kind of an up and comer (laughs) and a mover and shaker in the, the young person circles. And they wanted to add that to their slate of programming will be my space and on all the blogs <laughs> yes <laughs> then i don't understand how we got to this but somehow luke is retelling the story of the time that he had to break his car out of the burbank airport parking lot i think that had to do with the donors <laughs> of the day and someone living in in california Uh yeah. um he says he would never get away with that kind of behavior now actually like driving up onto an embankment because they would have had his license plate number and they would have sent the cops after him.
3: Yep. yep, They would. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, top story was extremely frustrating for a space nerd like me. This new asteroid's the Oumuamua oh, I can pronounce that about as well as Luke can. I did not look up a pronouncer for it. Um, But it was discovered uh, disturbingly near Earth, I guess. And instead of an elliptical orbit, it has a hyperbolic orbit, meaning that it came from outside our solar system. Luke keeps saying that it came from outside our realm. And I was like, yeah, Luke, solar system is what you mean. dork. Um and he he doesn't understand what a hyperbolic orbit is and I won't go into that because it's boring. And this asteroid is shaped like a cigar, which is also weird because it's not shaped like a big lumpy rock, and people are wondering if this could possibly be an alien spacecraft observing us. And I really hope that this is people's idea of a fun supposition and that nobody is actually thinking that this is aliens.
1: Cue the monkeys smashing Mm -hmm. the bones on the obelisk here. This is like, all right, come on, guys.
2: Yep. On the (laughs) pro pro side of this, they say that the chance of this asteroid just randomly coming so close to us is really small. And the counter to that is that if there are lots of asteroids, if there was some explosion somewhere, which blew a whole bunch of space pebbles off of a planet or whatever, that it is absolutely possible that with lots of rocks, one would come this close. So I think that this is a non-story that's just sort of fun to think about and not much more than that. Um, Oh, and I would like to say that Luke does confuse astronomy with cosmology only because he wants to get to a cosmetology joke. Yep. But my, I had an astronomy professor who told us once that he got invited to speak at a cosmology conference back a long time ago oh. when there was no internet. And when he arrived, it was a cosmetology conference.
1: Hey, oh. plus side, a lot more chicks there.
2: <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, then I don't know how they get into this topic, but it's about their spatial awareness or lack thereof. Uh, For some reason, Andrew went and Google mapped his old LA apartment. Was there somebody in LA that he was telling could go drive past the old place or something? I don't know. But Luke says that whenever he's going to a new place, he Google maps it and then does a street view 360 so that he can orient himself. And it's not because he doesn't Understand, know the streets around Bellingham. It's just that he's never looked for that particular business or whatever. And so it's really helpful to do that. I've done that before. That's not a big yeah. deal. Yeah. There's a weird tangent into vacuum cleaner repair store talk and how happy they are that <laughs> vacuum cleaner repair stores still exist and how this could be Andrew's dream job if he doesn't get his dream job puttering at the airport. Really. Hmm. Um but I can totally We're running see a convenience
1: this. store too. He wants to run a <laughs> right. Oh yeah. And a
0: hotel, but only to be the um cleaners, right? To be the cleaner right.
2: of a hotel. Right. Mm-hmm. He's gotta work his way up. But I, I do think this actually of all of this stuff, this might be the best of these fantasy jobs for Andrew because he is so mechanical. It's that small engine repair and puttering in a back mm-hmm. room and he would have limited contact with people that I think would be really good for him. So Let's I, keep would an eye out for, I would love yeah. to
1: bring my vacuum cleaner into a store, shake his enormous hand, and t- you know, tell him, "Well, <laughs> help me out here, brother."
2: That's true. How would his sausage fingers get in there to get all the bolts and stuff off?
1: It's like me mm. trying to floss. Maybe I just maybe it's yeah. not a great idea.
2: Right, but there's just some <laughs> logistical problems.
1: Uh, this brought me back to a Mike has ideas, and that was um, I would like to go to Google. And negotiate their schedule for their cars, and then let the homeowners know that the Google car will be going by their home or their business, and give them a chance to pimp oh, yeah, their home I or that. their business. Yeah, like this $500 package, will bring out, we'll park a Lamborghini in front of your house. We'll, right, right, right. You know, a
2: couple of stone lions next to the right. walkway.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it was the worst idea. I mean, Google would have to go for it, but... They would get a piece of my business. They'd probably Mm -hmm. just buy me out or license it.
2: I like it. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Thanks. Um, Andrew says that he uses Google Maps to help with his anxiety before he goes to social events. So I guess to learn as much as he can about the bar or the restaurant or the venue or whatever and kind of see what's going on. I do that too. Like if I'm going to an Restaurant with people, I go and scope out the menu and kind of try and get mm-hmm. the lay of the land before I'm there, just to make sure that I have less chance of making a fool of myself once I actually get there. I do that
1: like for now. I do that with like wheelchair access. I'm like, what's yeah. the situation? Like, is this is this like too crowded to wheel my ass in there? Are there are there tables or is it all booths? Because that's a problem. You know? Yep.
2: Um, he says that he was so anxious about the Jay Z concert that he went to that he almost really didn't want to go i don't know how close he was to actually backing out of it but it sounds like it was one of those where again he had a better time than he thought he was going to but he was really anxious about it beforehand and i'm wondering this is getting bad does it seem to you guys like his anxiety is getting worse yeah yeah it does and i
1: I think it was made way worse when he went out to the concessions and it was all just sea urchins with mushroom sauce (laughs)
2: I mean I wonder at what point should he actually, you know, see a medical professional about this? He doesn't need to uh-huh. live in this state of heightened anxiety all the time. I mean whether there's medication, anti-anxiety medication or whether he could benefit from a little talk therapy, you know, to I can tell you it gets it this. gets worse
1: when you're homebound too. When you mm-hmm. stay home too much, a, I mean, I get, I get kind of weird and depressed, you know, mm-hmm. so like sometimes I'll just have to wheel my ass out to the car and drive around for a while just to remind myself that there's a, there's a world other than, you know, my panicked ass, because I think if the house catches on fire, how the hell am I going to get out? You know?
2: Yeah. And I, I, I think that that's a, like a muscle too, that you can lose if you, mm-hmm spend all your days inside, then you really lose the ability to be comfortable in new situations. And that's one of the, the reasons that I really liked that they went to Costa Rica last winter mm-hmm. to something to force him absolutely out of his comfort zone and into new situations. I think that's really healthy and really good. And so um, I don't know, I just, he can do whatever he wants for his, his life, but I just think he's making it so hard like there are things that he could do to help his life be better as far as this is concerned i mean it's Mm -hmm. less con content for the show if he's happy all the time but (laughs) and um luke says that his reaction to stress and anxiety is to sleep it's just like his body just shuts down at stress and goes into stasis or something and i think that's probably not the Mm -hmm. least healthy thing
1: it's I. It used to happen to me, like whenever I would be um, about to take a big test or was going to play in what I thought was an important game, like a championship game or something, I would get really tired and start yawning. And mm-hmm. people were like, they thought that, hey, he's super chill and relaxed. But mm-hmm. really, I was like,
2: mm-hmm. no, yeah. I'm
1: super nervous.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Your body's shutting down because
1: yeah. of it.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is some weird talk at the end of this about the movie My Friend Dahmer and some some blather about WMMS. I don't want to talk about WMMS. So I'm not going to, but we do get an email from Phyllis talking about the painted curbs, and she sets them straight on how it is the homeowner's right and responsibility to paint them. But did she say they can get the paint from the city? I think I don't remember. But um, so uh, that's solving. They don't want it purple. Mystery. <laughs> Can you imagine if they repainted all the curbs every year in the Pantone color of the year? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's when Pantone terrorists win, is when mm-hmm. That's true. When we purchase their color <laughs> when they win. All right. Uh Friday, 2534, stuck in the HVAC with you. 194 pounds is Luke's weight. Um the little bacon drop is badly mangled. Mm-hmm. Um 5 years of jankiness um since they've been using iTunes I guess for their for their drops but nobody seems to want to fix it or use a different system which is fine I kind of like janky drops yeah um I know it drives Andrew crazy but doesn't me cuz I know I know what the drop is I don't need to hear the whole thing right
2: <laughs> I don't mind the janky drops I just mind all the conversation about how the drops are mm-hmm. janky sure mm-hmm.
1: and here's a question for you <laughs> Andrew tries to make – this joke probably bombed worse than any joke Andrew's ever told to Luke. Uh-huh. He tries to tell a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles joke about scythes, but <laughs> no. it comes out like size.
2: Scythes. <laughs> it's it's uh, Raphael's weapon is a scythe, S-A-I.
1: Oh, okay. I thought they were talking about a, a scythe, which, you know, could be a good weapon. Right. No, mean, you... all
2: he had to do was say nunchucks. You just needed to pick oh. one of the other weapons mm. and yep. the joke would yeah. have landed. Right.
1: Sigh meant nothing to me except for, yeah, I'm like, wait, it's sad Psy? What? What's that going to do? I don't know. Very passive aggressive weapon. That's a very Northwest <laughs> weapon. It's a sigh. I'm glad you cleared that up. Thank you. Sure. Carrie's aunt is going to uh, try to get or sneak them into a viewing room for the, uh, Seahawks at a casino for Carrie's birthday so she went from the penthouse of, of birthday celebrations the, the $200 meal and probably a thousand dollar stay at the at the beautiful place into a smoky casino side room um, trying to watch the Hawks I can only imagine how Luke's gonna behave there
2: is he gonna whisper scream
1: uh, I think I, at a casino I mean I I don't know when when I do the Super Bowl thing, you know we're we're a pretty rowdy crowd. You know, usually we're in some sort of some sort of side room. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction talk. Probably 20, 25 minutes because Luke got them confused.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: there's a Live Wire mention um, about blowing some pre recording. For that, I, don't, I have no idea what, what that note means. So. It's because
2: they were recording on Thursday, but pretending they were recording on Friday. Oh, oh yeah. right. Until right. Andrew made a reference to Live Wire Tonight and then was like, whoops.
1: Yeah. Yeah, again, they could have edited it out. They didn't, but yep. it was all right. It was kind of funny. Um. Now, this is so Andrew. He worries that he offended Andy Kindler... On Twitter by <laughs> liking a self-hating tweet from Andy Kendler. You can like a self-hating tweet if it's funny. Yeah. Where, where you go wrong is when you like go after him and say, yeah, stay out of Portland, you fat fuck. Or, you know, if you say something like that, by liking it, you just say you thought it was funny. So please, please don't overthink this stuff, guys. Um, I have quite the opposite feeling Uh, in Portland, I don't feel like everyone down in Portland hates me, but I hate all of them. (laughs) (laughs) So, why do
0: you really hate Portland? Not just the ducks, but what do you really hate? hate
1: Um, it's too long to go into here. Okay. Uh, Yeah. We're running long. Uh, Next time, next time Portland comes up, I I, I can do 20 minutes on why Portland is the dumbest place. I'd like to be on that
2: show with you. Because I have feelings, too. Okay. That's my the city of birth. I'm writing that down as a special topic. Okay.
1: Yeah, we can do that. Maybe we'll do that okay. on our Christmas show if we have a little time to film. Uh, I'll hate on Portland for a long time.
2: Why Mike hates Portland? Merry Christmas! <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Except you in Oregon. Uh, top story is the Barren office closing, and it makes um, guys sad about the bars closing. They're opposed to... Bar is making a comeback because it's never the same. Um, Luke has his plaque in the Baronoff, and he's decided he's probably not going to get it because it was janky anyway. Mm-hmm. I have never been a bar guy or seeking out the, the um, quote-unquote dive bar, which means different things to different generations now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, Andrew is... Andrew loves the Crosswalk Tavern. I used to play softball for them. I played for the Twin Teepees. I played for um, the Meet Me Here Tavern. Pretty much any dive bar in the Greenwood area. uh, Actual dive bar I did play softball for and drank beers at afterwards. And I don't get a good feeling in those places, you know. I would go there because, yay, free beer. But um, it's just I don't understand their fondness for these places. They make me sad.
2: I, I, I don't understand why dirty griminess is so appealing.
0: Mm -hmm. If
2: it's a place where I go and I go into the bathroom and I'm like, "Eh, I don't need to go that bad. Right. Yeah. No. Yuck. Or I
0: feel physically unsafe in a lot Mm -hmm. of the like dark bars with people that are drinking $4 drinks that just ends badly for a lot of women. So, um, I, I'm not into it but what I what I am sad about and we're seeing a lot of this in Seattle I work in Pioneer Square which is like a old um, historical part of town and we're seeing a lot of restaurants that have been around for years and are lunch staples for everyone closing and and then they're opening new fancy where you're getting a $15 sandwich or salad yeah. or something and it's all that's all real sad.
1: estate price related I mean it's you can't stop it yeah because you can't pay that rent with a $6 sandwich.
0: No. And that's the thing that that's sad for me is seeing restaurants that mm-hmm. have like, I mean, there already are lines out the door every day because the food is so good and um, good prices. And now they're closing up and putting in um, douchey places. So
1: <laughs> If they like dive bars so much, they should move out to Southeast King County, you know? Um There are plenty of places in in Kent and Auburn and Algona Mm -hmm. Pacific where you can go and have a super depressing uh, (laughs) alcohol drinking experience.
2: Yes. Well, I can almost understand why Andrew likes dive bars because he feels so out of place. I mean, he's got such a poor self-esteem that he feels awkward with the hipsters and Mm -hmm. um, like he doesn't belong and like people are condescending to him. And I'm sure that's all in his own head. At the other bars, but I can't figure out Luke quite so much.
1: I think I just kind of figured it out. I think Luke likes to feel like the coolest person in the room. Oh, there mm. we go. So exact like at those opposite casinos of or those bars. <laughs> it's like I'm a badass I, in this place.
0: I could see. I can definitely see that. It's a perfect place for Andrew to go and read and everyone leaves him alone right because they're into their own issues um at 10 in the morning drunk at at some bar and he can just sit there and read and no one no one bothers him Mm -hmm. no one boogs him
1: (laughs) no one's booging him all right um for some reason they they are into hank kingsley's hey now but uh They feel like they can still use it for a drop even though on the Stern show it's a regular part of their show. Um, I'm all for anything Hank Kingsley. So I don't care what Stern's doing. Do whatever you want with Hey Now, guys. There's talk of contact juggling. As Someone in Mm. a bar was doing contact juggling, which to me sounded like (sighs) fiddling with your nuts in your pocket. It has to be
0: in Portland, right? It has to be in Portland, right?
1: Uh, I don't know. I was just picturing like you know the Harlem Globetrotters when the guys they, they start out spinning the ball on their finger and then mm-hmm. they run it all around their arms and mm-hmm. down their legs and That's all this bullshit. Exactly what this is. Okay. Just well, with a smaller silver yes. ball. Well
2: you can't call it juggling if it never leaves your hand, mm-hmm. right? If it's never in the air, how can it be juggling?
1: It's yeah. spinning, right? I okay. Don't know. Uh voicemail from Stubat. Uh the twins have signed Fernando Rodney. Um, this is going to be a perfect opportunity for Luke to get his revenge on the Blair Walsh thing. Is yep. uh, Just get yourself a nice screenshot of Fernando Rodney, which I think I sent one to Luke during the uh, National League playoffs because he was a closer for Arizona last year. And I just was alerting Luke to the fact that get to a TV and watch watch this dumpster fire about to happen. Um, I would recommend using that one that I sent Luke and just uh, waiting for Fernando Rodney to ruin the Twins fans evening one, one night and uh, just send it along. Nice callback. And uh, StuBot asked what drink pairs best with Fernando Rodney's horrible <laughs> failures in the ninth <laughs> inning. i say we should just trade Walsh for Fernando Rodney straight up. You know, night, nightmare for nightmare as cities. Oh.
2: The twins you need know. a kicker?
1: Uh, I don't know. You know, they need having someone <laughs> kick kick the ball through the strike zone would be more successful than Fernando Rodney trying to throw the ball through the strike zone. I've always thought with guys like Fernando Rodney and and old Mariner fans, you you would you can remember Jose Mesa, Joe Table. I they they just waste a lot of your time. Like when they come in the game, because they usually come in with a clean slate in the ninth inning, nobody out, nobody on. Just put guys on second and third and put one out on the board and then let's move on because right. that way it eliminates 15 to 20 minutes of complete frustration in my life and we can get right to the heartbreak if it's going to happen or the heroism if, if it's going to happen. Sorry, I feel really strongly about that. <laughs> there's an email about the cat person being misunderstood. I think we hashed that over um, enough unless there's more to say on that.
2: No, just that uh, Andrew was um very anxious to make sure that we understood that he did understand the feminist perspective that they just didn't talk (laughs) about it because they were going for a different angle just wanted to make sure that everybody knows that he knows
1: who would ever think that these guys were woman-hating assholes after listening to them for 10 years No. yeah um i mean they're assholes (laughs) but not particularly woman-hating
0: i do want to add one thing to the story is that the Photo that goes with the story in the magazine is very upsetting. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. So keep that in mind when you go to look at <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> it's New York Times Magazine? Uh, New Yorker. So if you just New put in New-, okay. New Yorker cat person, it pops Got up it. and you can read it there.
1: All right. Music for your weekend, Luke, uh, Supergrass. All right. Andrew uses Roden's recommendation, Grace Wunderkun, Worry, and listener Alex B. Level up. That's that's all caps. L V L space U P. The closing door. And with that, uh, we'll get on to some housekeeping. My racist housekeeping call. Um, <laughs> buy stuff from us, uh, or you could just give us money like you guys have been doing. I mean mm-hmm. that's fine too. But that works. if you want mm-hmm. if you want to give us money and get some stuff, um, that's all available um, on our website. Archive project we are uh, always needing people reach out to uh, Christy uh, for that Um, you can buy stuff from Amazon through little little red bandwagon.com slash Amazon we can't guarantee our merch would get to you for Christmas but um, if you go through our Amazon link sometimes they can get you stuff really fast not necessarily LRB stuff but all the other weird stuff that you buy and we secretly (laughs) laugh and laugh behind (laughs) your back
2: we Uh, do not you stop that we don't (laughs)
0: people aren't gonna use it and we don't see your names so feel free to no. but we
1: speculate the hell out of it right (laughs) um listen to our friends over at earbuds and earworms it's saturday today so the show is not out as far as yet but by the time you hear this it will be out i don't know what the theme is this week do either of you know offhand no
2: Mm -mm. it's a mystery Mm -hmm.
0: all right that's the that's the theme mystery grab bag
1: with that, um, I'm putting my my hands up in my in my wheelchair. Say, so get me up out of here. Um, I'm done. If you don't need me to throw any more Cheerios all over the floor, then uh that's it for me.
2: Wait, that's a service you provide?
1: Yeah, I'd like to dump a bowl of Spaghettios on my head. I like to throw uh-huh. Cheerios, and and it, that all happens if you don't get me out of my chair when I raise my my arms and say, all done.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, we'll hang on a minute. I got to get a washcloth wet so we can wipe your face down. (laughs) Okay if you'd like to get involved with the show, come and see us on LittleRedBandWagon.com or ThrowYourPhone.com to contribute your throw or hug your phone moments. You come visit us on Facebook. Remember I said I posted that old video of Luke and Jen shopping at Goodwill. That was really great. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at LittleRedBandWagon at gmail.com. And you can always send us a voicemail or a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And with that, Christy, why don't you get us out of here?
0: Until next time, this is the next party.
1: We love you, Jen, and I'm just sitting here in my short pants and my tall shirt.
2: (laughs) Nailed it.